Fishing for a show aimed at the outdoor enthusiast? Tune in to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, Saturday at 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 147, and on the Sirius XM app. Welcome in to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, brought to you by Bass Pro Shops. If you love fishing, hunting, and the great outdoors and want to make it even better, you're in the right place with host Rob Keck. Your adventure starts right here. Good morning and welcome, and thanks for tuning in to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, brought to you by Bass Pro Shops, where truly your adventure starts right here. I'm Rob Keck, your host. And hey, let me tell you, the turkeys are gobbling, the fish are biting, and folks, there's lots of action out in the woods and out on the water. And that means before you head out to the turkey uh, woods to hunt or to cast for your favorite fish, you've got to stop on by Bass Pro Shops or Cabela's. Where you're going to find the latest gear at the very best prices on everything that you're going to need for both fishing and turkey hunting. And if you can't get to one of our destination retail locations, check us out online at BassPro.com. And speaking of turkey hunting, on today's show, we'll be visiting with two Grand National Turkey Calling Champions and now Grand National Hall of Famers in Paul Butsky and Terry Rahm. And they're going to get us tuned up for spring season. The National Wild Turkey Federation's annual convention uh, was held in Nashville, Tennessee, and among the many conservation chapter calling entertainment and sports show activities, the second class of inductees were enshrined in the Grand National Hall of Fame. Last February, inducted into that first class of the Grand National Hall of Fame was the very first Grand National Calling Champion, Terry Rahm, and inducted into the second class Calling Champion, Paul Butsky. And by the way, once again at the NWTF convention, Bass Pro Shops founder Johnny Marsh presented a check for $200,000 that's directed at the Federation Save the Hunt, Save the Habitat initiative. Specifically, those grant monies will be instrumental in restoring native forest and grassland ecosystems, promoting water conservation activities, and improving forest health on public and private lands across a 26-state region. The Midwest and southeastern forest, grassland, and aquatic habitats are homes to hundreds of species of wildlife, many of which are threatened or imperiled including red cockaded woodpecker, bobwhite quail, hellbender salamanders, masaga rattlesnakes, just for examples. And all of these, wild turkeys and more, stand to benefit from the planned habitat restoration activities. Bass Pro Shops and Johnny Morris are among the longest-running, biggest supporters of the NWTF, and this partnership has resulted in millions of dollars directed towards conservation and our hunting heritage work it is spread all across America. Well, to get us started here today, I want to introduce a longtime personal friend, one of the great turkey callers and hunters of all time. Last year inducted into the first class of Grand National Hall of Fame, and he's here with us today on Outdoor World Radio. Please welcome Terry Rom. Terry, welcome. Hey, Rob. Thanks for that uh, introduction there. I don't know about the greatest, but, uh, you know, what a hoot to be on, on the show with you here and who would ever have thought of that, you know? Well, you know, it's you know, it's an incredible journey for both of us. Uh, you know, I think back to 1976 when, you know, us two, we, we took first and second at the World's Turkey Calling Championship in Mobile, Alabama. And could you have ever envisioned the doors that would have been opened and, and the careers we both landed in the hunting and conservation industry? Well, I mean, what do you, what do you think, Terry? Did you I mean, think Robin, about that? And, and and just by the way, folks, uh, he beat me by one point in the call off. So, uh, <laughs> th- thanks, Rob. You know, but you know, I had no idea where a three dollar turkey call would take us. And you know, it's been a truly amazing for some of us and, and a career to this day. I mean, it's just it. Uh, I, we don't have enough time to explain it all and, and the places we've been and seen. Yeah, well, there's no question about that. And of course, Terry. You, along with myself, uh, in that first class of the Grand National Hall of Fame, what does being inducted into that Hall of Fame mean to you? Well, Rob, you know, unfortunately, you you couldn't be there to be the first one inducted. I I was really hoping your schedule allowed you there because you've been definitely an inspiration to a lot of callers and a lot of people in the industry, but... You know, the emotions that day were endless. I mean, the memories that it takes you back to and being being inducted into the, the, the first round of the Grand National Hall of Fame means the world to me, but I think more importantly 
to my family. Um, the Rom name goes way back in turkey call history, and and I was just a lucky one to win the first and second Grand National. And who knew 44 years later I'd be on your show and, you know, <laughs> being inducted into the Hall of Fame and with names like yourself and, and Ben Lee and M.L. Lynch and, and Gene and everybody else, it, just, uh, it was just almost uh, too hard to believe. Yeah, I really, I hated I couldn't be there as MC in the Western Hunting Conservation Expo. I, I sent my two daughters, Carolyn and Heather, to, uh, you know, to receive that. But, uh, you know, it was moving. And, you know, the video I put together, it was hard for me to even do that to express pretty much what you've just said there. And, you know, I've got to ask you, what's the greatest takeaway for you from winning, you know, those first two Grand Nationals to to the career in the industry, the special hunts, your recognition, uh, you know, all that as you went into that first class of the Hall of Fame. Dang, Rob. I mean, <laughs> that's a tough one there. But, you know, like I say, the, the emotions and thinking back, and, and I think after all these years, you know, I, I look back and I look at the friendships that that we have developed or to this day are, are still lifelong. And, you know, the, the the hunting families, the turkey callers, industry people, and I, I know Rob, you've done this. You stop in at the old country stores when you're, you know, you're out looking for new turkey country, and you stop in that country restaurant. And there's an old codger and some old camo, and you know he's an old turkey hunter, and and you try to pry out of him where there's a turkey at. And of course, you get that that smirk on his face. You know you're not getting nothing, but it be, it becomes a friendship. So I think the friendships has been the greatest thing, and. And, like, to this day, I mean, I just got off the phone a little while ago with Walter Parrott, for heaven's uh-huh. sakes, and, and we've been on the phone for over an hour talking about old stuff and old times, and, and it's just stuff like that that just made the – and I really appreciate the National Wild Turkey Federation doing the Hall of Fame, the Grand National Hall of Fame, because it sort of puts a lot of it in pers- perspective about where we've come from and where we're going to. And it, it yeah. just means the world to me and my family. Well, look, uh, you're, you're right on target. We've got to move to our first break. We've got a lot to talk about. We return. We're going to talk more about uh, uh, calling and hunting turkeys. This and a whole lot more is coming right up. And I'm Rob Kank, your host right here on Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. Sirius XM's Rural Radio is your guide to the agricultural markets. Where expert analysts and traders join our discussion live. Your information. Open up the farm and the challenges we face. You can learn how to do it for yourself. Rural Radio, your gateway to the rural lifestyle. The latest information about hunting, fishing, and more. Rural Radio is the leader in Western sports. We talk about the latest in Western sports. Professional rodeo, bull riding. Sirius XM's Rural Radio. 147. Or listen on your phone when you get out of your car with the Sirius XM app. Hey everybody, I'm Easton Corbin, and I grew up in the smallest county in the state of Florida, and that's a long ways from Nashville, let alone elk country. But I've been hunting all my life, and I've always dreamed of chasing elk. When I came out west and heard my first bugle, I was hooked. I just had to roll with it. Now I want to make sure that dream will be here for tomorrow's hunters. If you feel the same way, make a difference and join the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation by going to www.rmef.org. Back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World on Rural Radio, Sirius XM. And welcome back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. If you've just tuned in, we're visiting with the free first Grand National Calling Champion. In fact, won the first two championships, Grand National Hall of Famer, my good friend, Terry Rahm. You know, people, Terry, I know often ask, I know they ask you, they ask myself and others, uh, leaders in the industry, how can I get to do what you do or have done? What would you tell them? What advice do you have to give? Well, for, first of all, you know, don't think that you get to hunt all the time because you don't. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a business, and and when you when you're lucky enough to get in one of those businesses, there's budgets, there's you know, it's a business. But you know, I think anything you can do to go to your local. Uh, uh, pro shop and see if they could do a seminar or if they need help with something. Learn who the sales reps are there. 
go to any calling contest you're interested in, whether it be turkey, elk, or or, or waterfowl, or anything you can you can just get your foot in the door and look on people's websites, different outdoor companies' websites, and see if they're looking for pro staff members. But but I will say this, Rob, and, and you know this as well as anybody, leave your ego at home, and if you're going to do something, just do it. Yeah, and, for and sure. And you'll go far in, in the industry. Well, you know, looking back over the years, I know your family certainly has had a lot uh, to do with your, your success, but anybody in particular that you credit for launching you into this career into the success you enjoyed on stage and out and out in the field who would that be well you know i gotta thank mom and dad for keeping us on the right path and my brothers for making it interesting and competitive you know you had to fight to eat so (laughs) (laughs) and then my wife wanda for putting up as you know the long days and weeks but I, i think ben lee overall you know you and i met ben at the harrisburg sports show and got to ben invited us down to call in the world and and Ben seen something in me that I guess he thought I might pass on to the outdoor world, and and uh, really a lot of credit goes to to Ben and different mentor, um, uh, mentors like yourself, Rob. I mean, I mean, I look back at your art career, and you had a lot of talent in different things. So I think as outdoorsmen, we need we need to be, keep that in mind that somewhere somebody's looking at you and thinking, man, I wish I could be like him and do what he's doing and. You got to keep that in the back of your mind. We've been fortunate to get where we have, but it's been a lot of hard work too. Well, it has, it has, and uh, you know, you got to work hard. You got to work smart. You got to model yourself. I think after somebody that has made that positive impression. But let's shift gears. Let's talk more about calling and hunting. And you know, Terry, what is it about turkey calling? What is it about hunting wild turkeys that you love the most? I think for me, Rob, it's exploring new new territory. You know, always wanting to get to the top of that next ridge you've never been on and maybe hear one gobble on the other side. And if you don't hear him there, you're going down over the next ridge and you're, you're, you're constantly walking and calling and you're looking at new things and you're seeing new, new country. And it, it just, it's totally different than deer hunting. You're sitting in a, in a deer stand, but here you're out walking, you're looking, you're, you're seeing the swamps, you're seeing the wildflowers come up, and, and you're, you're constantly learning something every day you're out there. Well, when you look to a beginner, and I know you've been asked this question many times, in learning to call, what is the one vital piece of advice that you would give to that beginner? I think if, if I was starting today with all the YouTube stuff and all the videos and all the uh, instructional stuff, I would get me a push-button call. And... That's one of the easiest things to learn the rhythm of a wild turkey, the cadence. Mm-hmm. And once you learn that, it's just pushing your finger. And once you learn that, that gets in your head. So now you can move on to a box call or a slate. And don't get frustrated because it, it, it could take you some times. But once you have that correct rhythm, it makes it a lot easier once you, you move on to a mouth call and you know the sound you're looking for. Yeah. Well, I'll ask the same question then in learning to turkey hunt. What's the one vital piece of advice that you would give to that beginner? Oh, boy. Uh, (laughs) I'll put it this way. Hunt where there's a good population of turkeys. It can be very frustrating if the areas you have to hunt do not hold many turkeys or the hunting pressure is Mm -hmm. very strong and the turkeys are hunted hard. Do yourself a favor. Don't get frustrated. Find some areas that, or, or states that have generous, you know, good turkey populations because you have to be, to learn to hunt turkeys, you have to be around turkeys. Just no other way. Yeah, you know, it's just like whitetails. People ask me, how do you kill Boone and Crockett bucks? I said, well, the first thing you got to do is go where they are. You know, you don't find them here in South Carolina, so you got to go to the Midwest. And, uh, you know, it's the same thing as you've just said there. And, you know, when you look at all the subspecies of turkeys, which is the most challenging to you to call and to hunt? Well, that that question kind of gets back to the previous one, is hunting pressure. I mean, Ben and I traveled all over the country hunting turkeys. And you never know what, when you make that first call, you never know what's going to happen. 
So you have to figure out the turkey. But I, I can tell you this. Once you shoot at them a time or two, none of these turkeys are dumb. <laughs> they all get, they get educated real quick. Well, they do. I, I've been in, in Texas with Ben. We've heard turkeys gobbling up and down this river. Them turkeys fly down, get with the hens, and go out through that mesquite, and you never hear them again. And you're thinking, here I am, a championship caller, and I, I can't even get one to gobble, you know. <laughs> so it's then it's just it's, it's uh, diff- different hunting tactics, and, and you learn different different ways. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're exactly right. It, uh, you know, the different subspecies, uh, you know, I think any of them, if they're not hunted, are pretty easy. If they are hunted, and a lot of pressure on them to become hard. And the presence of hens certainly make all of them a challenge. But, you know, Terry, far different than when we started turkey hunting. You know, the advent of turkey decoys, pop-up blinds, added to food plots, sort of changed the scope of turkey hunting quite a bit for some people. So I've got to ask you, here today, are you a sit-and-call and wait at the food plot hunter, or are you a run-and-gunner? I'm a walker. A walker. There you go. I'm a, I'm a walker, and if I hear one, then I'm a running gunner. You know, uh-huh. but that's just the terrain I have to hunt. I mean, it's it's wooded. Some of it's thick. It's old clear cuts. It's it's you know very piney, and and sometimes late in the season it's thick. It gets really thick down in the in the river bottom. So I really don't have a, a lot of good areas to use blind decoys. But I think they're they're part of turkey hunting. I mean. If you're taking a kid hunting, by all means, I mean, that's the best thing you can do, you know, to, to get them in there and they can move around a little bit and hopefully see some turkeys. And, and for some of us older hunters anymore, Rob, I mean, we're getting and we're getting up there and sometimes sitting along the field in a pop-up ain't <laughs> the worst thing in the rain, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, look, let me hold you right there. We've got to take our next break. We're going to come back to that, Terry, and we're going to continue that discussion on turkey calling and hunting. This and a whole lot more coming right up, and I'm Rob Keck, your host, right here on Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. Thanks for joining us, and we will be right back. You know it takes the right habitat to conserve and grow healthy wildlife populations. At Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever, we're committed to helping landowners voluntarily protect land and wildlife habitat forever. Benefits here go beyond protecting habitat for upland birds and wildlife. Native grasslands protect soil, provide valuable resources for the ranching community, and serve as a natural filter to enhance water quality for all. We need your help to protect America's grasslands for future generations. Creating and leaving a legacy is within your reach. At Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever, we're here to help you make a difference. Healthy habitat and abundant wildlife. Build it today to last forever. To learn more about how you can help us protect America's uplands, please visit us at pheasantsforever.org legacy. Back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World on Rural Radio, Sirius XM. And welcome back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. Thanks for joining us. If you've just tuned in, we're having a great and a fun visit with with my good friend, and I guarantee he's a great teacher. It's an educational discussion of, you know, turkey calling and hunting with Grand National Hall of Famer Terry Rom. Terry, right there before the break, I sort of stopped you about... uh, you know, some of us older folks that uh, sometimes not a bad thing to sit in a pop-up blind in the rain instead of going getting soaked like maybe we did when we were younger. But, uh, you know, I think each one has their own virtues. And, uh, you know, if you had to pick one style, though, just just say, and I, I know I asked you this question before, what would it be? Well, as long as my legs are still good, Rob, I'm going to walk. I'm going to walk yep. and call, walk old logging roads. I'm going to go up over a ridge and see what's on the other side. To me, it's just it's the way I grew up back in the ridges of you know Perry yep. County in Pennsylvania, and, and the way the way we just learned to hunt. And to me, it's it's not just going out and and 
trying to kill a turkey. It's it's seeing what's on the other side. You know, you're scouting for deer. You're looking for mushrooms. You you're looking at all different kinds of things. What what have I missed? Or and try to bring something back from that hunt, whether you shoot a turkey or not. Bring something back with you that you might be able to pass on to your grandson or granddaughter or whoever. You know that that novice just wanting to learn. Yeah. All right, look, I'm going to give you 14 rapid-fire questions, and I want you to give a one, two, or a three-word answer. You ready? God dang, this is toughy here now. <laughs> All right, what's your favorite shotgun? Benelli, M220 gauge. Okay, barrel length? 24 inches. Choke? I'm shooting two, a Jebs and an Indian Creek. What sighting device, if any, do you use? Uh... Leopold Tuba 7 for my old eyes. Uh-huh. Favorite turkey load, including shot size? TSS number nines. Mm-hmm. Turkey calling device you use most in the field? Mouth call. Favorite calling technique when calling turkeys? Get close and soft yelps. Favorite state to turkey hunt? First state that opens, man. <laughs> Favorite time of day to call and hunt turkeys? Uh, early morning to midday. What's your primary calling strength? Excited hand yelp. What's your primary hunting strength? Knowing the turkey habits. What's your favorite decoy preference, or do you use one? When I use one, it's the Grinds Half Strut Jake. What's your favorite turkey vest? An old wore-out whitewater. I'm going to cry when it's done. <laughs> How many calls do you carry? Three cases of mouth calls. <laughs> Three items besides your calls that you always have with you. <clears throat> GPS, compass, extra batteries for my light. What's the most common reason that gobblers hang up? They got shot at them or the terrain. <laughs> All right. Look, you did great on that. You know, all of us run into especially early in the season, gobblers that are hand up. How do you handle them? And you can give more than three words on this one. Well, again, terrain is the biggest thing. If I know they got hands with them, I want to use that terrain to get absolutely as close as I can before I call it all. And once I get in that position where I think I'm close enough, I want to do just real soft calls, hand yelps, you know, Maybe a purr or two or something like that, but I want that gobbler to know I'm there, and I want to be close enough for him to slip away and think, hey, I can get to her and still get back to my hands. Yeah. And usually it, it, it takes time. Don't get in a hurry. you got all day. I mean, especially if they're just walking in, feeding a little bit, they know where they want to go. Now you just got to try to use the terrain to, to your best advantage. All right, Terry. I know you've got a call with you. I want you to give us some calls. Just give us some medley of calls for our listeners to hear. Okay. Now, keep in mind, I haven't I haven't put a call in my mouth. I don't here. want any excuses. Look, man. <laughs> You're a Hall of Famer, man. Yeah, you beat me for one point. Forget about it. <laughs> here we go. You haven't lost. You haven't lost anything at all, man. It's saying, uh, "Hey, it is turkey." I mean, from top to bottom. All right, tell our listeners what kind of a mouth call you're using. How many reads, and just describe it. Well, actually, Rob, I'm using a single read. Uh, I've used them for a long time. Uh, it, it's good for close up, you know, calling, and when you're in tight like that. But you know, if, if I'm out locating, I'll use a multiple read call. The call loud. You can get a little sharper cuts with them, you know, like a ghost cut. Some of the more popular cuts today are what they call the ghost cut or the, the snake tongue, you know, and, and, yeah. and different things. But really, I think the biggest thing with mouth calls is guys think they can take that call out of your mouth and, and make the same sound that you are, and, and they can't. I mean, <laughs> it's sort of like with, 
with turkeys and, and our voices, they're all different. And the biggest thing I can give to a caller out there is put excitement in your calling. There you go. I mean, you've got to make it sound lifelike and not boring. And listen to those hen cadences. And, and there's so many things you can learn from today. It's, it's endless. Yeah, for sure. Well, look, we are just about out of time. Last 20 seconds. I just want you to add a closing thought to those that are listening here today. Uh, closing thought, Rob, would be, man, turkey hunting, or any hunting, you can, you can get out in the outdoors and en- enjoy the, the wildlife and the experience is, is, is great. You know, and like for turkey hunting, it, it's, it's, it's changed our world, you know, and we, we've gained so many friendships with it. But don't put too much pressure on yourself or, or don't let your hunting buddies put too much pressure on yourself for, for going out and not getting a bird. You know, go out there to enjoy it. Just forget about those people, you know. Go out there to enjoy it, to learn, and to pass it on. I think as as us older hunters, that's our duty, is to pass it on to your grandkids. Or if you don't have grandkids, somebody wanting to learn. Well said. Yeah, take somebody out of your wing and just teach them. And, you know, thank goodness there's there's groups like Bass Pro and NWTF and protecting our, our wildlife out there because... It, it just means everything to our family. Yeah. Well, look, we're out of time, Terry. Just thanks for uh, being here with us. Congratulations again. Have a great spring. And, folks, when we return, going to be talking with most recently inducted member of the Grand National Hall of Fame, Paul Butsky. I'm Rob Kacke. You're listening to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, and we will be right back. Today's hunters are facing some real challenges nationally. We lose 6,000 acres of upland habitat every day. Hunter numbers are not keeping pace with population growth. Each of these puts our hunting lifestyle in danger. With your help, the National Wild Turkey Federation is tackling these challenges head on with its Save the Habitat, Save the Hunt initiative. Our volunteers have committed to increase wild turkey populations and protect our hunting heritage by improving 4 million acres of habitat, creating 1.5 million new hunters and opening half a million new acres to public hunting. Join the NWTF today to help make these bold goals a reality. Visit nwtf.org for more information and to find out how you can help protect our way of life. Back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World on Rural Radio, Sirius XM. Welcome back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. Now I want to welcome to Outdoor World another longtime and personal friend, a multiple Grand National Calling Champion, and another member of the most recent, as a most recent inductee into the Grand National Hall of Fame, Paul Butsky. Paul, you've been with us before in the show. Welcome back to Outdoor World. Thanks, Rob. It's great to be here. Great to be here. Oh, man, I'm so happy for you, and uh, I thank you for taking time away from your duties at GSM. And, you know, would you have ever thought that back when I brought you on stage at the second show of the Grand Old Opry with host Porter Wagner, that you'd be launching a lifelong career in this outdoor industry? Any, did you ever have any thoughts about that? I mean, that's amazing. I, you know, I, I I think about it constantly. And, you know, go way back when, when we first started, and, and then, uh, you know, to the Grand Old Opry and where that's led us and the the paths and the life's, you know, direction that it took us. No, I had no idea it would, it would <laughs> come to this. <laughs> you know, I think about that Opry experience with Porter. And, you know, when I went to Hal Dorham, who was manager of the Opry at that time, always had a cigar in his mouth. And I said, look, I want to bring our Grand National Calling Champion on stage the second show. He was really doubtful he wanted to do that, and finally he gave in. And, uh, you know, when Porter introduced me, the crowd went wild. But then when I introduced you, I mean, the place went nuts. And if you remember, I mean, people were turkey calling. They were gobbling. They were crow calling and owl hooting. And, uh, you know, we come off that stage. Hal Durham finally took that cigar out of his mouth. He said, you know, this turkey calling is big I won't say the word, the four-letter word that he used, but it was big <laughs> stuff. And, uh, you know, what did it feel like when you were on stage? You know, when we both we both called, we hit the call, and the crowd's response. What what went well, through your mind? 
Oh my God, the roar is the call and the scream and the holler. And I mean, I mean, it's just, uh, gosh, it just lifted me up. I mean, just sent goose, goosebumps down my, my spine and, and, and just so exciting to be, uh, you know, involved with that at that time. I mean, it's just, it, it, I mean, I can it's hard to describe. I mean, you can describe it because you were there with me, but you know, it's just hard to describe to other people the feeling that it gave you. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah. You know, and, and Hal Durham, I, I think he, he couldn't figure out why we got such a big applause. In fact, we got a bigger applause than any of the Opry stars that night. But what he didn't realize, we had the deck stacked. Everybody out there had just come from the NWTF convention. And I'd already primed the pump and told him to do just that. And, uh, you know, it was just really, really cool the way that all came together. And anyway, induction into the Grand National Hall of Fame. What does that mean to you? Well, Rob, it's, um, and as you know, because you were inducted last year, I mean, it, it's just, uh, it's such an honorable feeling, humbling experience, number one, and to be up there with some of the other legends that were I was up there with and, and the legends that were in, inducted last year, like yourself and, and Terry Rom and uh, uh, Gene and uh, Ben Lee, I mean, it, it's just unbelievable. And then this year, along with Dick and, and uh, Denny Galvis and Walter Parrott and Harold and David and uh, Ron Jolly. I mean, it, it was just unbelievable. I mean, that people to be respected in that manner and to be, you know, put on that, I guess, a pedestal, I guess you would say, in front of so many, so many other, uh, you know, people that do the same thing. It's just, uh, I'm on cloud nine still. I mean, that's all I could say. I really am. I, I'm on cloud nine. Yeah. Well, I am too. You know, Paul, competition calling, uh, you know, it's come a long way since when we were doing it. Uh, but, you know, has competition calling changed since the days when you and I were on top of the calling world? And I guess I want to ask you, how has it changed? Or maybe you don't think it has at all. Well, it, it has changed. I think, there, you know, it seemed to be, uh, you know, there was quite a camaraderie back then. I mean, you know, we'd, we'd be at the different camps or hunting camps and guys stayed together and. And, you know, drank some beers together and, and, you know, shared hunting experiences and all that. I mean, I can remember that so, so well. And, you know, that was part of it. I mean, uh, you know, everybody kind of got along and, and, and I'm sure they do today, but I don't, you know, I think it's a little bit more competitive edge today. I mean, where people are, you know, a little more competition oriented and, you know, where I think we had that friendship bond more so back then, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But yeah. It's hard to say. I mean, but I, I believe that was it was a little more camaraderie back then. Yeah, you know, well, looking back in those early days, uh, you know, if you had to look and maybe pinpoint who your biggest influence was in calling your your mentor back then, who who would that have been? Well, back then, I mean, I always, you know, I looked up to Dick Kirby because of his competitive edge that he had. I looked to Ben, to Terry and Robbie Rahm, yourself, Rob. I mean, you, you you were a big influence on me. I mean, you 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 had done it, you know, a couple of years before I, I got into the competition end of it. I mean, I started turkey hunting back in the late 60s, but the competitive edge of it started back in the, you know, in the 70s, or a little later on in the 70s. So those are the people I looked up to. I mean, you guys uh, made a mark. and. You know, I tried to go after it. <laughs> well, you did, and you did it in a big way. And, uh, you know, I, I think about uh, not only the Grand Nationals, but how many other major titles did you win, and what were they? Well, I've won uh, the U.S. Open six times, uh, Levi Garrett All-American Open a couple times, the Masters, and hundreds of, you know, state and local competitions, New York State, Pennsylvania State, and Alabama, and all throughout the, you know, pretty much the Southeast and Missouri. Uh, I couldn't tell you exactly how many contests <laughs> I won, but we were involved in a bunch of them. Well, you know, you, of course, became the mentor, and you became the guy that everybody was chasing, trying to copy. And uh, you know, it certainly gives you a unique feeling as well. And, you know, you think about the industry back then you know, with the call manufacturers and to where it is today. How is it different today than it was back then? Share that with our with our listeners here in this last uh, minute. Well, I think that, you know, being kind of in somewhat of its infancy, uh, you know, the the 
people had just so much were so passionate about it and that got involved with it and people wanted to learn so much about turkey hunting because uh, it was fairly new the actual sport of really being aggressive and, and turkey hunting back in the you know late 70s and and through the 80s and uh so I think there's a lot more interest involved in it. And, you know, I think nowadays, I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of leveled out a little bit, but I mean, as you know, and I know, I mean, to me, turkey hunting is just exciting now as it was back then. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's what it really does. But, you know, I also want to mention, Rob, I mean, these people that, you know, to be in, in this position that you're in and I'm in and how the people that look up to you, I mean, they get people like, uh, you know, Mark Drury and Michael Waddell and that saying how, you know, we were their heroes. I mean, what that means to us and, and myself and yourself, I mean, it's flattering to say the least. Yeah, for sure. Well, look, that's going to take us to our next break. We return, going to continue our exciting and informative visit with Paul right here in Bass Pro Shops out in the world. This is Rob Keck, and we will be right back. Welcome to a family adventure you won't find anywhere else in the world. Fun Mountain at Big Cedar Lodge. Located in the heart of the Ozark Hills, Fun Mountain is open year-round to the public and surrounded by spectacular views of America's premier wilderness resort. You'll have to see it to believe it. Dive into 16 lanes of bowling and discover a unique underwater ocean experience with hand-painted murals and aquatic sights all around. Walk the plank on our giant pirate ship full of climbing nets, slides, and even a ropes course designed for our littlest guests. Then head over to a 4,000 square foot arcade where you can challenge your friends and win big. Need even more adventure? Play on our interactive climbing wall, take a swing in a golf simulator, or rack up a game of billiards. You can even take part in a larger-than-life laser tag battle at Fort Big Cedar with up to 24 other players. With so much to do, even the most experienced fun seekers may need a break from the action. Sit down and relax at Uncle Buck's Grill, where you'll find a full-service menu, all while overlooking breathtaking sights of the Ozarks. Think you've done it all? Think again. Fun Mountain has 360 degrees of entertainment. Spin around or go up and down with a whole new twist on bumper cars. This is the adventure you've been waiting for. From an underwater-themed round of bowling to a friendly competition at our laser tag arena, Big Cedar's Fun Mountain offers countless activities for you and your family to enjoy. To learn more, call or go online and make plans to discover Fun Mountain. Only at Big Cedar Lodge, America's premier wilderness resort. Back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World on Rural Radio, Sirius XM. And we are back. And thanks for tuning in to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. And uh, if you've just tuned in, we're talking one of the newest inductees into the Grand National Hall of Fame, Paul Butsky. Paul, what is it about calling and hunting wild turkeys that you most love? You know, what I love most is, I mean, you're in control of the situation more than any other type of hunt. I mean, you make it or break it. You know, no matter how good of a caller you are, I mean, you, you know, there's there's a key to the woodsmanship factor that falls into play. I mean, knowing when to call, when not to call, when to move, when not to move, certain things, you know, when to kind of swing around on the tree or whatever it may take. But, you know, that's that's all woodsmanship. It isn't just a calling aspect of it. And that's what really, in any other hunting situation, uh, drives me the most is because you're in control of it more than anything other type of hunt that you do. Yeah. We know new guys are always wanting to learn and and looking for advice. And, uh, you know, you mentioned back in the old days, uh, uh, golly day, I remember when you would just, someone would announce there was a turkey calling contest, a turkey calling seminar. I mean, you'd pack the place. The fire marshal would be standing there. I remember the first time that uh, I was up in Buffalo. I did it at that Rod Gun Club right there at the the, uh, airport. And they had to turn people away. There was over a thousand people there, and I'd been on yeah. WBEN Buffalo, and uh, <laughs> I mean, places just packed. That doesn't happen today, and of course no, it with doesn't. electronic media and uh, you know everything on YouTube, and you know people can learn there without going to you know a physical place to do it. So anyway, back to this thing for a beginner. In your opinion, what is the one vital piece of advice you would give? 
to that beginning caller? Beginning caller is practice number one. Try to get out there and, and listen to the wild turkey if you're able to. Listen to some of the different, uh, you know, audio things that they have out there. I was going to say cassettes and stuff like that, but I don't even know if they have cassettes anymore. <laughs> hey, these new, hey, these young people wouldn't even know what a cassette is. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah. But, you know, that's what the Ernie and I, Ernie Calandrelli and myself, I mean, he's oh, my man. friend and. Yeah, and, and me and Ernie used to travel to these contests. I mean, every weekend, and just I mean, it was crazy. But you know, we were beginners at one time, and and, and it just takes the experience, getting your feet wet. Uh, you know, be confident. That's that's the key. Be confident in your calling. So practice a lot. Well, when you look at uh, that beginner that's starting to turkey hunt, then what would be the one piece of vital advice that you'd give to that new turkey hunter besides calling? Okay, and I kind of like said it. I mean, the woodsmanship factor is, I think, the most important. You know, be com- comfortable with the call. You don't have to be a champion caller, but just be comfortable. Be You know, watch some of the different shows that are out there, and you see you need to be camouflaged. You need to not move. You need to sit still. And, uh, you know, just keep all this in mind. But, uh, you know, just because you screw up one, two, three, four times in a row, just learn from your mistakes, and that's the best teacher, number one learning from your mistakes hey trust me in this game you can make lots of them and i still make some (laughs) some that i've made numerous times you'd think you'd learn after you know all these years so anyway when you look at calls and calling i mean uh you know when you hit a call instead of you becoming the hunter you become the hunted and so Mm -hmm. you know beginners want to know okay what call should i start with what's your advice well probably the easiest where you could develop good rhythm would be a box call um, you know, because the tone quality is built into it all right away, and you just got to develop good turkey rhythm. And then, I mean, I'm a diehard diaphragm mouth caller, as you are as well. So always practice with a mouth call. I mean, keep it in your mouth all the time. And, you know, because when turkeys come in close, I mean, there's a point there where you may have to call them again, where, you know, you got to watch the movement factor. So a diaphragm mouth call is, is definitely has a, has is a great asset at that point. But uh, be comfortable and confident in whatever call you're using. Practice. Yep. Well, I think, you know, many times uh, there's new callers, new hunters that think, you know, they've got to start with a mouth call. And I think, mm-hmm. as you just pointed out, uh, start with something a little bit easier. So let's just say that uh, this new hunter has progressed. He's learned some rhythm and uh, you know, he's listened to tapes. He's watched uh, Turkey's Call on YouTube. And uh, he says, okay, I want to start with a mouth call. What would you tell them how to break into to using, to start using a mouth call? What would you say? Well, first off, you, you put a diaphragm mouth call in your mouth, and if you get have what they call like a gag reflex to it, you may want to trim some of the tape down. You know, just because it comes out of the package with a lot of tape on it doesn't mean that's conformed to your mouth. Um, so you could trim a little bit of tape off at a time until it feels comfortable in your mouth and just try to get the sounds out of it, try to get, you know, where the air flows over the reeds and, uh, and form a good seal. So it's the airflow is directed over the top of the reeds. Cause if you're blowing a lot of air and losing a lot of air through there, that's, that's going to make it a lot harder to make the sounds you need to make. How about, uh, how many reeds, you know, a lot of times people that are wanting to learn a mouth call, they start out with a call that's maybe a little, little more difficult than others. What would you suggest to them? Well, probably to me, the easiest call to to really kind of learn on would probably be like a two-read style call. I mean, you're, you've are blown a, a single diaphragm call, but, I mean, you can, <laughs> you can blow a single diaphragm call on, on some that sound easy and then some that are as hard as it can be to blow, <laughs> which is yourself. So uh, there again, I mean, I would say, a, you know, like a simple two- or three-read, multiple-read call probably – is easier to me to for somebody to start off with yeah we know there's always people out there that that go to contest and say you know i want to be up there in stage one day and uh i know i mentored a young lady from perry county uh this past year to uh enter the intermediates uh, of the grand nationals and uh you know she asked you know what advice can you give me can you critique my calls and so if you have someone that's never competed in a calling contest uh, in entering his or her first contest, what would you tell them? What would be that critical piece of advice? 
Okay, first off, try to come up with a routine. Um, you don't want to overcall on stage, number one. Uh, try to get a routine down pat and be confident and comfortable with that. And always try to finish a series on a good note. In other words, I mean, usually they'll ask for multiple series. You run through a series of Yelps. Okay, then you pause a second and run through another series of Yelps. You know, some people have a tendency to run through another series of Yelps. And, and the more you call, the more you're apt to make a mistake. So... If you run through a good series and run through a, another good series and on a good note, stop. Don't go any further. Go on to your next call because most times people and, – and also judging. You know, you, you got judges back there that are listening to, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 callers. And if a guy's up there for, you know, three, four minutes, I mean, he's liable to get docked more than, than <laughs> uh, any extra points because judges get tired of hearing it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, look, we've got to take our final break here. Hold that thought. We return. We're going to talk more about turkey hunting and calling. This and a whole lot more. You listen to Bass Pro Shops Out in the World. This is Rob Keck, and we will be right back. We all have it. Whether it was passed down from our fathers or grandfathers, we knew it was there, inside us. That need, that longing to walk among the wild. But it's more than just our love of the outdoors that keeps us coming back. It's knowing we serve a purpose, to give more than we take. That we're here to carry on a legacy and become stewards of our wildlife. This place embodies that legacy. With over a mile and a half of walkable trails and 35,000 live fish, mammals, reptiles, amphibians, and birds to teach and inspire. Stop, and you'll feel it. Listen, and you'll hear it. Asking you to share the wonder. The Wonders of Wildlife National Museum and Aquarium. Share the wonder. Back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World on Rural Radio, Sirius XM. And welcome back to our final segment of Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. We've been having a wonderful conversation with former Grand National Calling Champion and the most recent inductee into the Grand National Hall of Fame, my good friend, Paul Butsky. All right, Paul, I'm going to shoot some rapid-fire questions to you, and I'd like you to give, I want you to give either one, two, or three-word answers. Here goes. Your favorite turkey gun? Uh, my Mossberg thug gun. Turkey thug okay. gun. <laughs> what gauge? 12 or 20. Depends what, on the situation. What choke tube? Jeb joke. Sighting device. Oh, uh, red dot. What's your favorite load, the brand and shot size? Winchester number six, long beard XRs. Favorite state to turkey hunt? <sighs> Tough one. I'll say, I'll say Missouri. Strangest place you've ever killed a turkey? South Dakota with no trees and nothing but field. <laughs> what's your favorite subspecies to hunt Sheolas <laughs> or Rios it's hard to say I don't know <laughs> the number of tur- the number of days you turkey hunt each year uh, from the end of March to the end of May <laughs> <laughs> are you a sit and wait or run and gun hunter run and gun do you use decoys sometimes if you do, or when you do, what's your favorite? I HS strut light, standing hand, and, uh, you know, maybe a, a feeding hand along with an aggressive Jake. How many different calls do you carry in the woods? Several. Several. Boxes, slates, mouth calls. Favorite calling device when you're hunting? Diaphragm mouth call. Your single most productive turkey voice that you imitate? Seal the deal, soft yelps and purrs. All right. Well, look, I want you to dig your callers out. I want to hear your favorite, most productive call. All righty. Love it. Love it. All right. When you were in competition, I'm sure there was one call that you probably felt always put you 
over the top that gave you the advantage over the others. What was it? And I want to hear it. It was my purring. Let's hear purring it. on the diaphragm mouth call. Let's hear it. Hey, you haven't okay. lost your you haven't lost your touch one one bit. <laughs> All right, back to that. Hey, back to that question on the strangest place you ever killed a turkey. You said it was South Dakota with no trees. Tell us about that. Just briefly. <laughs> we were doing a yeah, we were doing a turkey tug shoot uh, hunt, and we were set up in this place in South Dakota, and there was no trees, and we set up on the edge of this like. Uh, creek bottom but there was no trees there might have been one or two little dinky things and i started pounding on a call i said god you can't see nothing for a mile all of a sudden we heard a turkey <laughs> gobble and out of nowhere a black dot about a three quarters of a mile away all these just fields just flat fields and nothing this turkey came from about three quarters of a mile away and there was nothing around it was it happened in about 10 minutes of, of calling to us i told i told the camera i said there's no way we're, we're gonna get anything in this spot they dropped us off in you know, we got it well that is cool you know a lot of times people just have to improvise hunters have to improvise mm-hmm. and obviously you did if you had a choice on a time to hunt any time during the day, when would it be and why? I like between 9 and 11. Uh, and the first thing on a roost, you know, you're competing a lot with the hens first off the roost. And, you know, even though you might hear a lot more gobbling right off the roost, but, you know, as as the morning goes on a little bit, they get with these hens and they start losing these hens and that gobbler becomes, you still hot to trot. And I've had probably my best success after what I would call a, a buttsky breakfast. <laughs> hunt in the morning then you know get out to the old uh diner somewhere have your breakfast and go out there and kill a turkey after that there you go <laughs> look here in the final 30 seconds give us a final thought turkey hunting to me as as it has to you became a way of life and i to me turkey hunting now is just as exciting as it was 50 plus years ago when you when you you call a turkey in you kill a turkey and you're high-fiving and share it with somebody and hugging each other i mean it's it's me and mark drew we did that last year i mean the last seven eight years i mean we get just excited now as we did back then very very cool well paul thanks for being with us today congratulations on your induction into the grand national hall of fame best of luck this spring Thanks so much. Well, folks, that's going to wrap it up today right here in Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. I'm Rob Kack on behalf of Bass Pro Shops, where your adventure always starts right here. Thanks for answering the call. That call to conservation and preserving our rich hunting, fishing, and trapping heritage. We'll see you next week. This has been Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, talking all things outdoors, brought to you by Bass Pro Shops, your outdoor leader. Join us next Saturday and every Saturday for more special guests and unique locations. 